Great to see you guys. And so we're continuing our series uh, on the Holy Spirit. I'm taking just a little bit of a detour today to kind of include what's coming up in our country. And so isn't it amazing how preachers can almost make anything fit into a series? So anyway, it's, that's what I'm doing. Just kind of making that fit right in there. But you know, Jesus said it's your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, I'll send the helper, the Holy Spirit. I just want to, if you haven't had a wow moment, if you really haven't had a wow moment to think that the God of this universe created us in the very beginning, it says he created us in his image, and I believe he created us with a compartment that only he could fill. Even though he knew man would sin, the Bible says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God knew when he created us that Jesus would come, that he would die, cover that penalty. He created us so one day he could come and live inside of us. That's pretty amazing. You're pretty special to God. I hope if you haven't had a wow moment, I hope you'll have a wow moment when you think the God of this universe loves you so much that he's willing to come and live inside of you. That's, that's pretty amazing. And so I uh, want to kind of start off here, and we got a big election coming up. And, and if you know me, in my 40-some-odd years pastoring, I could probably count on one hand how many times I mention politics. I don't very often. I don't very often. But today we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit and how walking in the Spirit, how can we be a citizen of heaven and still be a citizen here in America? So this is one of those sermons where everybody needs to take their blood pressure medicine. Everybody get their blood pressure medicine. You might even want to double up this morning, all right? So you might want to double up just in case. Have you ever noticed when people talk about politics, their, their neck, their veins and their neck stick out? And in all my life, and I've, I've lived 66 years, I've never seen anyone converted talking politics. Never. And we have some good arguments. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to listen to people. But anyway, so based on that, I'm still going to step out there today. And just kind of share my heart a little bit. And so let's say these eight people that we've looked at before who go to this particular church. Of these eight, five are, are believers. The other three are seeking the Lord. So we want everybody here, whether you're a believer, whether you're seeking God, all are welcome. And But of these eight, would you believe that three are donkeys and three are elephants? All right. So they go to the same church, but they don't agree on politics. I mean, it, is, it almost seems impossible that we could not agree on politics. But how many of you know that donkeys and, and elephants can worship together? Because beyond politics, I just want to tell you, people ask me, what animal do I connect with? I connect with the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Amen. And so, ultimately, our citizenship is in heaven, but we are stuck here as long as we're in our earth suit, all right? But I think it's possible to be a citizen of heaven and still be a citizen here in America. And by the way, America, I just want to say, is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. I mean, I really believe that. And so I appreciate, I don't have a slide, but I appreciate all of the veterans, those who have served our country to give us this freedom. I, I'm always one of them guys, if I see a flag go by, I just kind of have a tear in my eye to know how many men and women have died fighting for our freedom. So I appreciate all of our veterans here today. And so coming up this Tuesday, got a big day, got an election day, and I had a little fun this week, and I listened to two different newscasts. That's fun. 
And depending on who you listen to, I mean, it is crazy how completely opposite the news is. And I can see why people get crazy. But if you, you, know, if you tell me what you listen to, I'll tell you kind of what you believe, all right? Our, our, and so we're facing a big election here, and we're kind of coming to a fork in the road, as some say. But I just want to give you some good news. On Wednesday, God will still be on his throne. Yeah. So I'm not stressed. I'm not staying up night worried about it. But I am going to do my part. I talked to somebody this week and said, I'm, I'm just not going to vote. It's, it doesn't really matter. It matters. I want to tell you, you need to exercise your right as an American. And if nobody else knows, God knows. And I just want to encourage you to take that, that right. And so it is important, all right? And whether it comes the way I want it to come, I want to know that I've gone to the ballot box and I've voted, not according to my wallet. And a lot of people talk about what all is going to benefit them. What's more important instead of my billfold is what the Word of God says. And so I just want to share a little bit today, and this will be one of those days that, again, you'll see a lot of veins in the neck stick out, a lot of people get tense, and you guys look like you're in the waiting room of a dentist's office, all right? It gets very, very quiet. And I get it, I get it, I get it. And I, I said in the early two services, if you disagree with me, which I know there'll be people who disagree, you can take me out to lunch and I'll listen to you. And after the eight, after the eight o'clock service, I had a lady, and I know that we're, we're different politically, and she says... I want one of those days. I want one of those days. I said, I'll go out, and I, I would love to have lunch. It wouldn't bother me a bit to listen to her. And isn't it kind of fun when uh, elephants and donkeys can worship together? You know, the only way to explain that is God. Because we're not all going to see eye to eye. But a lot of times we're basing it on information, whether it's real or not. And, you know, my dad grew up a certain way. And I know some people say, I've always been this way, always will be this way. Folks, somewhere that can break. We got to somehow have the boldness to do what is right. And so anyway, we're going to have some fun. And so we get our information from various sources. I said this week, I, I listened to two different newscasts. I don't even know if I recommend that, but it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. And I would think we were living in two different countries when I heard the news. I mean, they're almost making it sound like the world is going to be over Tuesday if it doesn't go our way. God will still be on his throne. Everything's going to be okay. But we do have a responsibility to know the issues. Man, understand who you're voting for, not based on a party, but based on the principles of God's word. Really important. So more important than what we're hearing from the news is what we're hearing in this book. I just want to challenge you to make your vote count for the kingdom of God. Now, we, again, we may vote differently on some things. It's okay. I mean, I will still love you. We can still hang out. But I just want to challenge you to do the research, know who you're voting for. And you don't have to look far to see what people are for. I mean, it's out there. So just spend some time getting to know who we're voting for and why. So it's interesting. People say, well, if we're citizens of heaven, do we have a responsibility here in America? And I would say yes. I mean, yeah, we are ultimately citizens of heaven. But while we're in America, I think we also have uh, privileges and rights as well. So here in Romans 13, Paul says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. I just want to tell you, as much as I 
don't like the craziness going on in Washington, D.C., ultimately God is in control. We have to believe as much as we can. We submit to authorities as long as they're not asking us to go against the Word of God. I think we're to do our best to submit to that, all right? As hard as that is sometimes. All right, so Paul says in Philippians, we are citizens of heaven. Ultimately, our citizenship is not in this world. I just want to give you some good news. Our citizenship ultimately is not in this world. It's in heaven. But while we're here, while we're in America, we need to exercise the rights given to us by our government. I think that's important. Hebrews remind us that we're just strangers and pilgrims. We're just passing through. But again, we need to have some fun while we're passing through. We need to do our part while we're passing through and be a light for God. All right, so Paul claimed, it's interesting that Paul claimed to be a Roman citizen. He took advantage of the fact that he was a Roman citizen and he appealed to Caesar. Now, he didn't have to. He could have said, I'm a citizen of heaven, but he made it a point because he knew his rights as a Roman citizen and he could appeal to Caesar. Even though he was a citizen of heaven, he still took his rights as a Roman. And by the way, people say, man, it's a lot worse now than then. There's a song called One Day at a Time. I like the song, but there's one line in it that I don't agree with. And it says that things are worse now than then. How much, if you've ever studied the Roman government, as corrupt as our government is, the Roman government was way worse. I mean, they would kill you, crucify you right along a thoroughfare. They had no regard for human life. And yet Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, render unto God the things that are God. Jesus didn't go around campaigning, but again, he lived in a very corrupt world. And we live in a very corrupt world. But I just want to tell you, God has planted us here to make a difference. To make a difference. All right, back in 1774, this is Carpenter's Hall, our American Congress met here for a prayer meeting and reading of Scripture. Our Congress. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if tomorrow before the election, we found out Congress was getting together to read Scripture and pray? Can I tell you, that's the roots of our country. Our country was founded on the principles of God's Word. In 1782, the Congress voted this resolution. The Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. How cool would that be for the first decision after Tuesday for them to get together and put the Word of God back in public school? Yeah, that'd be pretty exciting. So let me, let me give you some quotes because there's a lot of times where, you know, I, I just want to tell you sometimes we're afraid to stand up on the principles of God's Word, but our forefathers were not afraid. Our forefathers were very clear that they were standing on the principles of God's Word. Let me give you just a few quotes. George Washington said, it's impossible to govern the world without God and the Bible. Whew. Man, that's just some good horse sense, or good practical sense. Patrick Henry said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, plural, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's good stuff right there. I want to tell you there's a reason America 
has been great over the years is because it's founded on the principles of God's Word. Now, again, it's swaying away from that. We've put God on the back burner, but I have hope for America. Some other quotes. We recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. That's good. Benjamin Franklin said, We have been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We need God back in America. I mean, we need God. I mean, there's hope. If God can raise up a valley of dead bones in Ezekiel 37, I believe there's hope for America. I mean, I really do. You know, when God destroyed Sodom, people say, well, he destroyed Sodom because of their wickedness. And that was partially true. But on the other side, he would have spared Sodom if there were just 10 righteous people. I want to tell you, we need to rise up and be those 10. We need to rise up and let God know that he's more important than anything in this world. Very, very important. So the Bible reminds us, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. As a nation, our nation was founded on a relationship with God, and we need to get back to that. And I love it in Proverbs, it says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We need to get back in that relationship. You know, and every time you take out a piece of currency, in all of our currency in America, we have these words, in God we trust. Can I tell you, we need to get back to in God we trust. And even though we don't agree on everything, I just want to tell you, it's okay. Again, you're basing it on what you hear, and you're basing it maybe on your background. But again, we can talk about it. We can come together. And just again, hopefully we can all agree on one thing. We want to base it on the Word of God. That's the most important thing as believers. All right? And so there's three things that I, for years, there's three things I primarily base my vote on. All right? Based on the Word of God. Now, you may differ, you may have different things, and that's okay. It really is okay, all right? And so, first of all, do we support Israel? Does the candidate support Israel? Because I believe it's really important that we stand with the nation of Israel. God said to Abraham back in Genesis 12, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse him who curses you, and in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. Yeah, it's not popular in many circles to support Israel. But I want to tell you, I don't know where America will be in the end. But I can tell you, Israel will be here. Israel is one of the most hated nations on the face of the earth. Always have been. And even though they're surrounded by the enemy that would like to wipe them off the face of the earth, I just want to tell you, I know they're going to be here because they got God behind them. God made a promise. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And I don't care if it's popular or not, we need to support Israel. We need to stand with Israel. I love what it says in Psalms 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. You know, the reason Israel's called the Holy Land, it's not because it's the most beautiful land on the face of the earth. If you've ever been to Israel, we've had the privilege of going five times, it's pretty boring. It's pretty plain. It's a lot of rock, a lot of desert. And so he didn't choose it. I, I often think, man, if I could pick a land anywhere on the face of the earth, I would have chose the Ozarks. It's pretty. <laughs> but God chose Israel. And the reason we call it the Holy Land, it's not because it's the most beautiful. It's because it's land set aside for God. The reason Jerusalem is called the Holy City is because God said, I want my name on that city. And the, by the way, the reason you're called holy in the Bible 
Every believer is to be holy. And it's not because you're more special than anyone else. It's because you've been set apart for God. God is going to watch over Israel. They're going to be here in the end, and you can put my guarantee on that. So we need to support Israel. That's one of the things that's really important to me. Number two is the family. I've never heard more crazy definitions about the family. And it, it really stirs up a lot of controversy. But again, I'm just trying to tell you what I believe the Bible teaches and what I believe is one of my main cores in the core of our church. In the very beginning, Genesis 1, it says God created man in his own image. He cre- he, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In the beginning, there were two genders, male, female. Can I tell you, God knows what he's doing. That's how he created the family. And there was a couple people visiting here that had a different concept of family. And it's, it's okay. I want people to come and experience God. But when we sat, and we, and we said, let's get together and talk. And they were going to share with me their concept of, of family. And I just shared with them why the family is one of my core values. It's one man, one woman joined together in matrimony uh, until death do us part. For better or for worse. And sometimes they should have explained that for worse part. But anyway, <laughs> marriage gets fun, doesn't it? Everybody just nod your head. Don't look at your spouse, just nod your head. But God created us male and female. And I believe that's so important. And I, I met with this couple and I, and I said to them, I honestly, I said to them, I don't judge you at all. I don't. Man, I, we can go out and have lunch. I'll go out and have lunch with you. I don't judge you at all. But I want you to know that one of our core values here is the family. And I said, there are some churches that will embrace your, your core value, but it won't be here. But I, and I read the verses. I said, do you at least understand why that's important to us? But I said, I don't judge. And I really don't judge them. I don't. One day they'll stand before God like all of us. But somewhere we got to take a stand for something. And so Jesus echoed that in, in Mark chapter 10 when it says, From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God hath joined together, let not man separate. And so Jesus echoed that again, that again, the concept of marriage, and again, I don't judge anybody. I mean, Literally, we're all going to stand before God, but I want people to know what our core values are, all right? And so, the family is important. I think supporting Israel, very important. Supporting the concept and the biblical definition of a family is also very important. And my third non-negotiable is pro-life, all right? I think it's really important. And I know there's a lot of heated debate about a woman's right to choose. And let me just say, I would never, ever belittle a woman and say that she doesn't have a right to choose. I think women are 100% equal to men in every way. I think, matter of fact, they're superior in a lot of ways. But I do not think it's a matter of does a woman have a right to choose. I think the question is, when does life begin? Because if we believe life begins at conception, then we don't have that choice. Any more than if your child is 10 years old and gets on your nerve and you want to take them out. All right? How many of you ever want to take out your kids at some point? All right? You guys are godly people. Godly people. 
But, but anyway, what was that? She's talking back to me. All right, that's good. That's good. That was Sherry Weidman, for those of you who are watching by way of live stream. So I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a lot of, lot of feedback. And uh, Leon's laughing at her right now over here. But anyway, I say many times, I know why some species eat their young. Amen? Because it's tough. It's tough being a parent. But I want to say to ladies, and, I, and I, I, I'm glad God designed it where the women have the children. I'm just glad. I'm just saying. And I, I've always appreciated motherhood. But I've never appreciated motherhood more than being in the delivery room with our two children. Now, I was probably back before me, they didn't let the dads go in at all. They had to sit in the waiting room. But, but in my day, they let us come in. They gave me a chair over in the corner. And, they, and, and several of them told me this. If you pass out, you get zero attention. <laughs> there is no love for dads in the, in the delivery room. And so they had me over there. I, I'm so old, we had the little 8-millimeter camera. You, you, see, you see it or you read about it in history. I lived it. All right? So I had the little 8-millimeter camera, and, so, and, and she wanted me to get pictures. Brenda wanted me to get pictures. And the nurse said, if you pass out, we're not going to help you. We're not going to get no attention. And at one point, as I'm filming it, all of a sudden, you see the ceiling. That's when I almost passed out right there. And afterwards, Brenda goes, did you get a good shot? Did you get? I said, I was just trying to stay awake. I was just trying to stay vertical. But kind of say... It was in that delivery room that God gave me a deeper appreciation of motherhood. And I know dads, man, we love our kids, grandkids. No way we could define it. But there's something about a woman carrying that baby in her womb. There's a love there that we don't understand all of it. But I thank God for moms. And again, I know that some people have miscarriages. Probably all of us here in one way or another have been connected to an abortion, whether it's a family member, a friend, a somewhere connection to us. And I, I literally have zero judgment. I don't. Man, if you've, if you've gone through any kind of an abortion, I just want you to know that God loves you. He cares about you. I mean, you're his child. I mean, I have no judgment whatsoever but somewhere we just have to take a stand that we believe life begins at conception. And if we believe that, then there's no longer a debate on does a woman have a right to choose. It's when does life begin. And once we know life begins in the womb, then we protect that life. Let me give you some scripture. Psalms 139 is a great psalm that just talks about how beautifully God creates life in our mother's womb. And so it says, for you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they are all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. I believe God beautifully knits us together in our mother's womb. I believe life begins at conception. And that's why he said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you or set you apart. I ordained, appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Even in his mother's womb, 
He said, before I created you, I already had a call and a purpose for your life. I believe we're very beautifully created in the womb. Life begins at conception. In Matthew 1, we're talking about the birth of Jesus. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't think I've ever talked to a Christian who would ever argue or differ that if Mary would have had an abortion, that would have been obviously murder. Because that which was in her was of the Holy Spirit. I just want to remind you that God creates us in our mother's womb very beautifully. And God already knows us and has a call for our life. Very, very beautifully said in the Bible. Well, in Luke chapter 1, you remember Mary finds out she's pregnant, hasn't known a man. And she goes to see Elizabeth, who is really, really old, and she came up pregnant. So the one person that Mary could go to to find some kind of comfort in what they were going through was Elizabeth. And so when she went to Elizabeth, Elizabeth says this in Luke 1:44, For behold, the sound of your greeting reached my ears. The baby in my womb leaped for joy. John the Baptist. Elizabeth said to Mary, when, when you greeted me, John the Baptist, my, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. Now, what's important about this, the same exact word that's used here for the, the baby in the womb is the same exact word that's used for a baby outside the womb that's been born. Same word. And so it's used multiple times, but up here on your notes, I think I have these scriptures in Luke, up here in Luke 2, twice. Same exact word that's used of the, the baby in the womb of Elizabeth is used of Jesus when he was born. Remember when the angel said to the shepherds, make haste, get to Bethlehem, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Same exact word. So there's no difference whether the babe is in the womb, out of the womb. It's alive. Very important, all right? And so again, I just want to tell you, we need to believe that life begins at conception. I want to vote on someone who believes that. And, and again, we may be in the minority, and it's okay. It really is okay. But I believe it's so important. You know, when I used to read the Old Testament, it just broke my heart to see these people offering their kids to false gods. I said, how could people offer all their children to false gods? And yet we in America abort tens of thousands and millions of babies. By the way, I'm just giving you my opinion, my opinion. I believe every child that begins in the womb of the mother, whether it's a miscarriage or an abortion, I believe one day we'll see them in heaven. I do. Because I believe they're alive. I love what the Bible says about King David when he lost that little baby and, and they, they were afraid to tell David because they didn't know how he would react. But he got up, began to wash himself, and he said, the baby can't come to me, but one day I'll go to him. I believe to every parent that has had a miscarriage, every family that's been involved somehow in an abortion, maybe again from bad information, I believe you'll see those children one day. I really do. And so again, I just want to encourage you guys. And again, we may not see eye to eye, but, but we're in the body of Christ. We can still worship together. Very important. So I want to share this story uh, this week. Just heard a story about Silas. 
And a young couple, Steve and Hannah, Steve and Hannah Girling, and that's Larry Girling's grandson. They were expecting a child, and when they, they did the ultrasounds and did the, the stuff ahead of time, they knew that the baby had some genetic problems. The doctor actually, when they saw the child in the womb, said the baby probably will not live or won't live very long, and the doctor recommended aborting the baby. Now again, I don't judge anybody if somebody's taking that advice from me. I, I, don't, I honestly don't judge anybody, but they decided that that life was created by God. They were going to take the baby to full term and just put it in God's hands. And so when Silas was born on October 27th last week at 4.58 p.m., he lived for four hours. And during that four hours, the family held him. They loved on him. They just reinforced how special he was to them. And the doctor who recommended the abortion when she saw how much love Silas got, he sort of had a change of heart about abortion. And from Bruce's own words, and Bruce is Stephen's dad, who was a good friend of mine as, as I grew up, Bruce wrote this back, and so these are his exact words. This is the Silas's grandfather who wrote this. One of our prayers has been that the Lord would be glorified through Silas's life, no matter how long or short that turned out to be. Our Heavenly Father has already started answering that prayer. This morning, the doctor that delivered Silas said the way that we showed love to Silas had really impacted her. She said that she was rethinking her stance on abortion, specifically that babies born with a terminal condition can be appreciated and loved. Wow, the Lord is already using Silas. And so... But the best picture, I, I, I'm still got, I'm going to show you. That when I saw this picture, it just really kind of tugged at my heart. So they actually did his footprint, handprint. And I will forever have a little bit of Silas in my heart. By the way, I, I put, I have a to see list when I get to heaven. How many of you have a to see list? You're going to see certain people. I have a pretty long list of people I want to see in heaven. I've added Silas to that, that list. One day, somewhere in heaven, I want to just kind of get off the side and just tell Silas, man, your story really touched my heart. And who would, who would, who would know that, that God could use little Silas, the four hours he was on this earth, to impact a life? And who knows, maybe one person's vote will change because of Silas. Wouldn't it be kind of crazy if an entire election could change due to Silas? God could do that. I just want to tell you, you're incredibly special to God. I think I mentioned in the other services. Don't think I mentioned here. And I've, I've said before, I'm the fourth of four children. My parents were only planning on three. So if you do the figuring, the one who would have been left out was me. I'm thankful my parents kept me. I just want to stand before you and say, you wonder with all the kids aboard it, all the impact they could have made in our world. We don't know. We'll never know. 
But again, I don't judge anybody. I don't condemn anybody. I love people, man. And again, if you're involved with that, I just want you to know God loves you. So there's no condemnation whatsoever, zero. But from this point forward, again, we need to take a stand and choose life. And so what happens is we find ourselves murmuring. All right, with every election comes murmuring. All right, and murmuring just kind of uh, grumbling, complaining behind the scenes. And let's see what the Bible says. To the church at Philippi, Paul said, do all things without complaining. Some translations have murmuring or grumbling and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Isn't that interesting? He told the church at Philippi, you're in the middle of a crooked and perverse generation. He could say that to America and it would be just as true. So in the craziness of the world we live, he said, don't grumble, don't murmur, don't find yourself scuttlebutting about things that you don't like. He goes on to say, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I might rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. God wants us to be a shining light in the middle of a dark world. In the middle of a perverse society, God wants us to shine as his children. So even though we are citizens of heaven, which we are, and that's our number one loyalty, I still think we have a responsibility and a privilege to also vote and to do our part as Americans. And I, I want to challenge you to do that. There's two things that primarily people grumble about. Number one is uh, our circumstances in life. It's interesting, the children of Israel murmured in their tents. If there's anywhere you should be able to murmur, it should be in your tent. But God heard them. And it broke God's, God got angry and wanted to wipe them all out. I want to tell you, when you murmur about your circumstances in life, you're saying you don't believe God is in control. And can I tell you, the number one person that needs to be at the altar on murmuring is me. I mean, you find yourself just a little bit dissatisfied, just grumble a little bit, complaining about the situation, and we got it crazy. But I just want to tell you, God's still on his throne. God is in control. We got to be careful not to grumble. They also grumbled about the leaders God put in their life. Anybody know anybody that grumbles about leadership in our country? I know, not us, but you've heard somebody that knew somebody. But they grumbled. The children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. They wanted to kill them and go back to Egypt. That's serious. There's something in human nature that we just want to murmur. But I hope for the next two days we begin to pray for our country, begin to trust God. If I can go back to our, my original slide, my last slide, these eight people. Wouldn't it be great instead of going into the voting box as a donkey or an elephant, they all went into the voting box based on the Word of God. And by the way, there's a couple things up in heaven I want you to see, a set of handprints and a set of footprints. I hope the story of Silas will just have a little bit of an imprint in all of our lives from here forward. And I hope that we don't judge people, but I hope we love on people. And we let them know that we want to believe what God says. I love you guys. This is a hard sermon to share. 
It's a lot easier not to talk about politics. But I want to be real with you. I, I mean, we're going through it. We're right in the middle of it. And you need to know what you believe, why you believe it. And I just want to encourage you to, to cast your votes on Tuesday based on the Word of God. That's my, my prayer. So this Saturday, uh, the, the group from Senegal will be heading out. We have seven, a team of seven that's going to Senegal, and they represent really four different campuses of the Ridge, one from Pacific, one from Gerald, and the one from Gerald also is connected to the Leslie campus. And so we're going to have them come forward. We want to pray for them. And we also uh, want to close by praying for our country. Can we do that? And so I appreciate our country. And again, it has its problems. But you know, God put us here to be lights. He put us here to be a witness. And we have that opportunity. So I'm not discouraged at all. All right? I'm not discouraged. And so they're going to come up. By the way, I had a Senegal shirt. We we're all supposed to wear our Senegal shirt today. I had it hanging up last week, and somebody bought it off the hanger. <laughs> that was very non-Christian. Of course, I didn't have my name on it, but somebody said, where's your shirt? I, I, I went to get it, and somebody bought it. Somebody bought it. But anyway, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Do what? If I could have Junior's shirt, it would really mean a lot, buddy. So, <laughs> hey, I want us to pray for this team. They're going to be heading out Saturday for eight days or so, eight or nine days. And so I know their heart is just to, to be a witness over there. And if you've ever been on a trip overseas, you never know what you're going to encounter. It's always something different. So let's just pray for wisdom as they go, for favor, that God would just navigate everything in a positive way. And so if you guys will take about two steps forward, I just want about one, two, three, four, five, about six people. I want six people. I want a, a guy and a gal. For the ladies, I want a lady to get behind them. For the guys, I want a guy to get behind them. So we need six people, whoever feels led. Two ladies, four guys. Two ladies, four guys. If we have an extra person up here, we're good. We're good. So just keep coming. Everybody can put a hand on somebody. So we're going to pray for them. And then I'm going to have Josh. Each service today, I've had one of our veterans. I got the wrong button here. I think that's it. Each service today, I've had one of our veterans close by praying for our country. Josh will always be one of my heroes. He's one of our pastors here. Come up here, man. I love this guy. He, he, he served three tours of duty in Iraq, was literally on the very front point line, probably should have never came home. I know he would not say that, but I always have so much respect for him and all the men and women who serve this great country. And so we're going to pray for our synagogue group. And so you can move off just to the side there, but stay close. I want us all to stand if we can. And if you can, just reach out a hand toward these. And I just want you to, let's just take a moment and pray for them. Then I'm going to have Josh pray for our country. And then we're going to close out with a song. I love you guys. I have a positive, again, I don't lose sleep over anything. 
Let's pray together. Father, I pray for these who will be heading out to Senegal as prayers are being whispered up on their behalf. And Father, I just pray that they would just be filled with your spirit, that that river of living water would just spill out from the moment they head to the airport to the moment they get back. Father, give them favor as they navigate through the craziness of the airport. And I just pray that you would direct them that once they get to Senegal, that God, you would just prepare a way for them and wherever you want them to be. And God, your word says that call and you'll answer and show us great and mighty things. I just pray that they would just walk in supernatural power every single day. Father, we just are excited. And so, Lord, may your spirit rest on them. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's pray for our country, and then I'm going to have these that are going to Senegal. They're going to kind of come back in the back, and so you'll kind of give them, be able to give them just a word of encouragement. I also have, we have our dollar offering for the food baskets, if you didn't get a chance to give last week. And we also have a copy of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. So whether you're a, a donkey or an elephant, we want you to get one, all right, or whether you're independent. So we have some in a basket back here. Love for every family to have one of these. And so we appreciate you being here. And let's pray over the next two days for this great country. So Josh is going to lead us in prayer. Then we're going to close out with a song. If you bow your heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you today, Lord. And we want to thank you, Lord. And we want to honor you. We want to especially thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be born into a country, Lord where we can honor you and worship you freely, Lord, without reprisal, without punishment, Lord, without persecution. And Lord, we just want to thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, we want to pray for our country today, Lord, and the route that it's going, Lord, turning its back on you, Lord. And you say in your word, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will hear the, heal their land. And Lord, I just ask you to do that today, Lord. I ask you to impress in our hearts and the hearts of everyone in this country to humble themselves to you, Lord, and to seek restoration for our country, Lord. I ask, Lord, that everyone just praise that today, Lord. And Lord, I just want to thank you especially for the men and women, Lord, that have sacrificed over the last uh, almost 300 years now, Lord, that the sacrifice they've done that was not in vain, Lord, and that we would return to you. And we just love you today. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Go